The gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1558. Glory to you, O Lord. Now that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took along with them just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified. And they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Storms. Even in Southern California, we have storms, although not as often as, as we wish. But when life storms come, we might even sound a little bit like those terrified disciples. Where are you, Lord? Do you want my life to end like this? Where were you, Lord? In that tower. In those towers that fell. Where were you, Lord? On that school ground, in that school. Where were you, Lord? And you fill it out. I've got a lot of those. Do you? Is it a lack of faith? Remember, that's, you know, faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit so that none might brag about it. You have faith, a mustard seed. Faith is faith, no matter how small it is. And again, when we walk this crowded path of life and we come alongside people, we get to share, encourage, say, have faith. It's going to be okay. But still, we doubt. Still, we're afraid. Not unlike any of those that are in our Holy Bible here. I want to read to you our our passage from Job this morning. 
Um, because mine reads a little different. Um, Job 38, verses 1 through 11. And uh, I heard this once before from uh, my father-in-law's brother, Uncle Sonny, who was a Baptist minister and a school teacher, school principal, and eventually uh, superintendent of schools in, in uh, um, I can't think of the town in Texas right now, but it'll come to me. Sonny lost his leg when he was 14 years old because a 22 in the kitchen had fallen over, discharged, hit his leg, and back in 1938-ish, uh, they didn't have penicillin. And so they kept cutting parts of his leg off until it got just below his hip. And by the grace of God, he survived. And by the grace of God and faith, he lived a full life. He played with his little brother that was 12 years his junior. They played football, and he would run. And, and boy, prestigious have changed. I mean, back in the day, he had a wood leg. Then it had a hinge on it, but he would like this. And he taught Johnny, my father-in-law, so many things, mostly what a man of faith can do if he puts his trust in the Lord. Now, I'm sure Sonny might have said, why me, Lord? Why? I'm 14. My leg's gone. It hurts. I've got gangrene. But when he was needed, Sonny came alongside those that were less fortunate. Yes, his family too, but he spent his life preparing the way of the Lord. There's another person in the Bible <coughs> that cried out to God. His name's Job. You guys heard of him? In 38.1, it reads, then the Lord answered Job out of the storm, he said. Now you remember, Job was kind of complaining, right? And he had every right too, didn't he? He lost everything of value in this world. And God answers him this way. Who is this that darkens my counsel? <laughs> Uh-oh. With words without knowledge. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you. And you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, <clears throat> if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line against it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its corner stone. While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? And when I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place. And when I said, this far 
you shall come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. Where were you, Job? Where were you, Pastor Ken? Not at my pay grade. (laughs) You're getting close. You're getting close. And yet, in our storms, in our walk of faith, we want to try to explain to God why he's letting us down. It's really hitting me hard because uh, oftentimes I, I admit to my frailty, but it's almost, it, it, you know, I'm thinking it's, it's disrespectful when I, I go, I wouldn't have done it that way, Dad. I've read Job. And I don't know how many more times the Lord's going to let me say that before he maybe touches my hip, you know, and I, I become lame or, and whether I can hold on, you know, you must bless me. He already has. But Oftentimes, I want to give him directions. And oftentimes, I, I justify it because it's in regards to people that I love. Lack of faith? No. Lack of trust? Perhaps. Fear? Yeah. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what it might mean <clears throat> to me. First, if I'm being honest, how will I live my life without this child that you gave me? How will I live this life without? You fill in the blank. What have you prayed for before that you thought you needed and you didn't get? And in the rearview mirror of life, you said, I didn't really need that. Thank you, Dad. There was a little girl named Sally that I really, really liked. She was much older than me. She babysat me. <laughs> she was my brother's girlfriend. <laughs> I thought she was my girlfriend. Boy, I prayed when I was a little guy. I said, boy, Daddy, I want that girl to be my wife. I was thinking ahead. You know, I was pretty little, but thank you, Lord, for not letting that happen. It just wouldn't have worked. <laughs> I kid you. I prayed for things that He said no. And in the hindsight, I can see that, yeah, it made sense. And I thank you also, Father, for giving to me and not giving to me what I deserved. We confess our sins that we deserve eternal punishment, right? Thanks for giving me not what I deserve. Thanks for giving me what he did on the cross for me. I didn't deserve that. So where does it leave us? Well, the 
The truth is, we need Jesus. You heard me say that before, but we need Jesus, amen? Do you realize that, like Corey Ten Boom said, that when Jesus is all that you have, you realize that Jesus is all that you need? Do you believe that? Can you pass that along to somebody in some way? That might be not the first line. But since you believe it, since you confess it, and I hear you every Sunday, that he is your need. He meets your needs. Can you walk day in and day out as if that is your sustenance? Even more, need, do you need him more than coffee in the morning? <laughs> can, you, can you walk with that? Can you share that with a world that is hopeless? A world that thinks they understand how the stars were set, that thinks that they know why the waves halt where they halt? But when it comes down to things that really get to them. Maybe it's death. Maybe it's the loss of finances. Maybe it's, I don't know. But when the world's, things of this world, like Job was stripped of his land. He was a big cattleman, right? A big rancher and farmer. He had a, a big family. All of it was lost. Children, gone. And a wife. I'm sure she was a nice person, but... Eventually, she got so fatigued from this, this awful torment, this season, this squall that was happening not only to her husband, but to her family and everything that she'd known. And, and who could really blame her when she said, you know, just curse God and die. Thank God for his gift of his son, that we might feel like cursing God. Maybe some of us have. I have. And yet he will not turn his back on you. And he did say to you in your baptism that you're my son, you're my daughter. With you, I'm well pleased. That, I know you've heard me say that many times, but it doesn't get old and it doesn't ever, ever wear out. You are his son, his daughter, whom he loves. He's got you covered no matter what is happening in the storms of life. Don't you love from the gospel where all of this stuff is going on, okay? Squells and all this stuff. Loved ones in the hospital, mother-in-laws that don't take care of themselves, father-in-laws that are you know, going to wander off. All of these things, cars that won't work, taxes that need to be paid, all of these things are going along. And what is Jesus doing? He's taking a nap. That doesn't fly at my house. Well, Jesus took naps. Yeah, but you're not Jesus. I hate to tell you, Ken. Well, I'm trying to be like Jesus. Nice try. Get up, go. Jesus took naps. That's how worried he was. I've got this. I set the boundaries. I laid out the measuring tape. 
That's quite a tape, right, Daryl? Huh? Talk about surveying. You got it covered. Spoke it into existence. Who do I think I am to have to sit there and think that I'm consulting God? All right, Dad. Or to be angry at God. That's a little tougher. My nephew, Logan, was madder than a wet hen at Uncle Ken yesterday. You know what my offense was? Well, let me tell you. I'm going to anyway. Carl's Jr. is down the street. It's one left turn, go through the drive-thru, come back up, and a right turn, and I'm home. I don't like Carl's Jr. I don't care. Can you imagine that? Where were you when I set the cornerstones of the earth, Logan? It doesn't work that way, but I was feeling quite powerful. I'm a, I can intimidate five-year-olds. I want McDonald's. McDonald's is a right, a left, three miles down, a U-turn, old McDonald's so the truck doesn't fit through it, and I only want their chicken nuggets. Carl's Jr. Has, Jr. has nuggets. I don't like them. <sighs> Uncle Pastor Ken said, tough beep. You're getting it. So he got, he got, <laughs> actually I forgot about the nuggets. <laughs> so you got a Western bacon cheeseburger. Who doesn't like that? Logan. Fries and a chocolate shake. He's going, man, I wish I could just curse and you'd be dead. <laughs> that little boy did not understand the way the, of the uncle. Okay, not perfect, I'm sorry. But he had food. And he had love and he was in a safe place. He had two uncles playing with him. And here's his understanding. After that fiasco, he says, Uncle Ken, let's play golf. I go, okay. He goes, all right, we're going to play laser golf. <laughs> Sounds exciting to me. He goes, all right, you got to hit the golf ball between these sticks. If you hit the sticks, the lasers go off and they blow up your ball. I'm like, don't go there. Okay, let's play. So we do, and I hit the stick. He goes, oh, you're done. Blown up. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a rough game. That's his understanding. That's his imagination. That's his little world, you know, He's, he's past, I hope he is, past the Bacon Western cheeseburger. And now Uncle Ken is playing with him. And we looked at all of his cars. I said, which is your favorite? Which is your second favorite? Well, we got up to 30. The kid's got a lot of cars. But my point is, is that in his understanding, he's in the here and the now, and I'm bored, and Uncle Ken's not giving me McDonald's chicken nuggets, and... All right, I'll teach him a game that I know he can't win. And um, so here I am. And, and that's not unlike us. We want to change the rules or make up the rules. We want to have nuggets from this place and not, I don't know, 
a nice spinach salad with a vinaigrette, you know, that's what's good for us. We want to change the rules. We want to change what God is doing in our lives. We, we are saying to him, hey, the storm's raging. Are you going to let me die? And to him he says, no. I have already saved you. And there lies the challenge. The already and the not yet. I have cancer. I have sadness. I have these things going in my life. This is horrible. And Pastor Ken says, it's going to be okay. And someone says, how can you say that? For those of you listening at home, I just stuck my hand in the baptismal. The cross. Jesus came out of that tomb. No, he didn't say ta-da, but he was saying, I have new life for you. He said that from a tomb. He was dead. They checked his pulse. They knew he was dead. And on the third day, he rose again from the, thank you, Randy. He rose again. God wrote a check with his son's blood, and that check cleared and therefore, you and I have this blessed assurance that no matter how swampy it gets, how our boat is sinking, it's going to be okay. And he gave us a crew. Arr. Right, right Captain? Arr. You probably didn't say that. In the, yeah, I'll bet you did <laughs> in the Coast Guard. We got a crew. Some of them we gave birth to, some of them we married into, and some of them, oh, thank you, Lord, we go to the same church with. We got a crew to help bail the water out. We got a crew that says, keep rowing, mate. It's going to be okay. I know it. They're already and not yet. How can you say that? We're swamping. Hey, it's going to be okay. And then we have this gift that we give to each other. Peace be with you. Amen. In the name of Jesus.